0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are locked on Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Oh, hot damn! This is my jam. Keep me partying till the AM. Y'all don't understand. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into this Lock on Browns podcast. I am your host, Jared Mueller. I hope everyone has had a good start to the week, had a great, loving Valentine's Day, and is ready for Thursday and Friday so they can move on to the weekend. But I hope you enjoy your week as well including this Locked on Browns podcast, so whether you're listening Wednesday night or Thursday morning, I appreciate you stopping by. So today, a little talked out. After a full day at the full-time job, spent an hour on ESPN Radio uh, in Dayton, Ohio, and so I was actually in studio. Uh, those of you who don't know, I actually live in Dayton now after growing up in the great city of Sandusky, Ohio, which is where my love for the Browns, Cavs, and Indians grew and started. So um, anyways, just an hour with uh, Mark Neal on ESPN Radio down here, just talking the Browns, the draft, and a variety of other things, some of which you have already heard. Uh, but I will post that when I get that link from him so that you can stop by and listen to that as well after listening to this Lockdown Browns podcast. So maybe you listen to me here Thursday morning on the way to work, and then on your way home or during lunch, You click on that link and listen to me there. So something that actually came up during that interview and my time on the radio was what would the Browns, what would have to happen for the Browns to trade out of the number one overall pick? And so while I know it's something that many Browns fans don't really want to talk about, it's something that just has to be a realistic conversation Whatever you think, whatever I think, the reality is there's nothing that says the Browns won't trade that pick. Now, there's nothing saying they will, and there's lots of reasons on both sides, so that makes it a conversation. Again, it's not about what anybody believes or even what I like. It just is an important conversation as we process what's going on. And so we are months away from the NFL draft. Uh, In a couple weeks, I'll be down in Indianapolis or the NFL Combine, and then we go into free agency and, you know, everything else. So we have a lot to happen between now and then. So um, if we had to kind of put a percentage on it, here's the question. What percentage would you put on the Browns actually staying at the number one overall pick? I think most fans would want that number to be 95, 99, 100%, whatever it is. Um, for me, I think that number is around of 75%, maybe 80%, uh, is kind of a realistic number given all the variables that are still out there. And so let's talk about what those variables are. First, there's free agency. There are maybe not a lot, but there are free agents available that could fill a lot of the Browns needs. Now, will that fill all of their needs? Probably not, but the reality is is that there are needs that can be filled. And when needs are filled in free agency, then you have a lot more flexibility in the draft. And so then if someone gives you the, uh, as Mark Neal asked me today, the Don Corleone offer you cannot refuse kind of thing, when someone offers you that and you've filled a lot of needs already, then all of a sudden you have the option of trading back. So what happens if the Browns are able to find a quarterback and maybe sign a pass rusher like Mark Ingram uh, out of San Diego? Uh, Sorry, that's not right. Mark Ingram was the running back. Uh, Melvin Ingram out of San Diego, the linebacker slash defensive end. So now they've signed Tyrod Taylor. They've signed Melvin Ingram. They've addressed their two biggest needs, and now someone's offering them a boatload so that they can come up to either draft Miles Garrett or a quarterback. All of a sudden, maybe that's a little bit more interesting. Maybe they even get a free safety or a cornerback. Maybe all of a sudden, with Jamie Collins signed, with Terrell Pryor hopefully signed, with Tyrod Taylor signed, with Melvin Ingram signed, with a corner or a safety signed, maybe all of a sudden trading back seems like a possibility. On the other hand, what if they strike out in free agency? What if in free agency they don't come away with anything? And so now all of these holes, all of these problems are still there. So while in one way, free agent activity could mean trading back because then you really are open to the best player possible or whatever. On the other hand, if the Browns aren't active at all in free agency, there's more holes that need to be filled. And so that's when trading back starts to be even more realistic because they have more needs and so more picks might help. right? And so it may sound like I talked out of both sides of my mouth, but it's important that we start to talk about kind of the variables that go into the process. So, if the Browns are um, if the Browns are really active or not active at all in free agency, either of those could indicate or could create a situation where trading back makes more sense. But Miles Garrett, right? And so when we're talking about the number one overall pick, right now you're talking about Miles Garrett. That's it. You're not talking about really anybody else. At least most of us aren't. Somewhere along the line, Miles Garrett became the guy. Somewhere along the line, draft analysts, draft experts, draft people, random people, you, me, my brother, and everybody else decided that. uh, Miles Garrett was the number one overall pick. And since then, there's been a lot of confirmation bias. And what I mean by confirmation bias is this. If I think he's the number one overall pick, I'm more likely to notice all of the great things that he does. Even then, I'm also kind of willing or able to kind of let go of things he's not. Or overlook them because I've already decided he's the number one overall pick. And so I tend to start looking for reasons to confirm the bias that I already have. That's not to say Miles Garrett isn't awesome. That's not even to say that Miles Garrett isn't the number one overall prospect by a lot. That is to say, most people, when you talk to them, have decided that Miles Garrett was the number one overall prospect, I don't know, third game of the season, fourth game of the season, before the season even started. And since then have been focused on that and that alone. And so what happens is, is we kind of just kind of end up there. And so if I'm really being honest, many of the people that follow me on Twitter that I engage with on a daily basis have watched highlight films or they've seen a game here and there, or they've read some of their favorite people who have said, Miles Garrett is the best player in this draft. And from there, they've decided that is true that's even true for many draft analysts who have long decided again whether it's based on highlights their initial thoughts other experts that miles garrett is the man the guy but is he because on the same side you have those same people have all pretty much decided that none of the quarterbacks are worth the number 1 overall pick heck there are many of you that don't believe any of these quarterbacks are worth being drafted in the fourth round. And many experts, many draft analysts have been fighting that. And no matter what, because Mel Kuyper said something or Mike Mayock or um, Todd McShay or whoever, even our Brent Soboleski at the Orange and Brown Report doesn't really love this quarterback class just because they've said that. Or you've seen the interceptions from Deshaun Watson, or you've seen Deshaun Kaiser struggle some in a very bad Notre Dame offense. Or you you worry about Mitch Trubisky because he's only played for one year, or he doesn't look the part sometimes, or or Pat Mahomes' feet, or he just plays in that Texas Tech air raid system. When's the last Big 12 quarterback that's actually been good? There are many of you that have already decided that there is no quarterback worthy. Of being the number one overall pick. Or maybe even a first round pick. But is that really accurate? It's possible. There are some people as they continue to break down film of Miles Garrett. And really look into it. That start to wonder. Where are all the stats? Why are there four and a half sacks against some terrible, terrible team? Why, Why is he not performing up to kind of impact standards at least statistically or in games just because they're running away from them and and more and more people are wondering you know maybe taco charlton and Derek barnett and and so on and so forth all these other edge rushers where there are a lot a lot in this draft maybe those guys are pretty freaking good too and so Well, maybe you go quarterback number one and you have these other edge rusher issues. But if I'm going to go quarterback number one, why wouldn't I trade out of that pick? At least if that means moving back to a two, three, four, five, somewhere in that area. Right. And so one of the reasons trading back hasn't really been on the radar is Miles Garrett's great. So there's no reason to trade back. And that's probably accurate. But it's not set in stone no matter how many times you've heard it, who you've heard it from or whatever else. okay. and so then we ask the question, why else isn't trading back an option? And I think for most people, it's because of last year's trade back. They saw us trade back from one to eight and then eight to 15. And I think in a lot of people's mind. The Browns traded back from 1 to 15. They just kind of think they made this huge step back. When in the reality, those are two separate trades. They did end up at 15, but there were two big trade backs that I don't think the Browns were against drafting someone at at 8 and could have stayed at 8. They just got a great offer to move back again. And given their goal of setting a foundation, it worked out. Not Whether you like it or not, it's a different discussion, but it worked out the way they wanted it to. Meaning they, they drafted a bunch of players, got these good deals. So just because they traded back last year doesn't automatically assume they won't trade back this year or that they shouldn't trade back this year. Just because Julio Jones turned out to be great and they traded back from him doesn't mean they shouldn't trade back or couldn't trade back this year. It's very possible that they shouldn't trade back because they need elite level talent. That's very possible. But just because they traded back last year and just because they missed on Julio Jones doesn't mean what everyone assumes it means. And so then if it's possible, the Browns are going to trade back. What does that trade look like? So I, I posited on, um, on ESPN radio today that, really the one option seems the one that would be very simple seems to be some version of a trade involving the Tennessee Titans two first round picks right so if i'm the browns and i am only moving back to number 5 i might have some interest in two first round picks added to my other one that i already have plus my two second round picks right so again if we're we're looking at It would take to move down from one, to move down from assumedly Miles Garrett, but also to move down from having an option of the top quarterback. It's probably going to take a lot. And so if I'm the Browns, it does take some kind of offer I cannot refuse for me to move back. That's just the reality. And so the Tennessee Titans are unlikely to do that. I don't think that's a smart idea on their part. But if we're looking at what the Browns could end up doing with those two picks, let's forget anything else because there's possibility of other different you know, decisions to be made between then and now. But if we're just kind of looking at where the Browns could be with the fifth pick, the 12th pick, um, and I believe it's the 16th pick or 18th pick, right? So all of a sudden, the Browns go, go from 1-12 and 12 to 5-12-18. All of a sudden, the Browns go from two very, very good players to three very good players, right? And so I just did a quick fan speak. Uh, again, that's their version. Uh, at number five, they have the Titans drafting OJ Howard, but the Browns would have the option of Deshaun Kaiser there, Marshawn Lattimore, Jamal Adams, Mike Williams, Ruben Foster, Solomon Thomas, who's a really interesting player that many think should be in the conversation for number one. Um, and so just based on who the Titans drafted, the Browns could draft O.J. Howard 5. They have Malik Hooker going to the Browns 12th. And then at 18, had the Titans taking cornerback Quincy Wilson. But also, just after him, Leonard Fournette, Jabril Peppers, Garion Conley, Dan Feeney, Christian McCaffrey, an offensive tackle. Lots of talent in the draft, right? So, here's the thing. Are the Browns going to trade out of number one? Highly unlikely. But The Tennessee Titans are an interesting trade. What if the 49ers make it really clear that they want their quarterback, and the Browns can do something that's been done to them twice and get a team to give them something worth moving down one spot. So the Browns did this twice. They traded up to get Kellen Winslow with Washington, who then drafted Sean Taylor, uh, and gave up a second-round pick to move up from, I believe it was 7-6, to or it was 8-7. to They gave up a second round pick to move up one spot, thinking Washington was going to draft Kellen Winslow. Maybe the Browns can do that. Or the Browns gave up a couple picks, I believe it was third and a fourth rounder or third and a fifth rounder, to the Minnesota Vikings to move up one spot to draft Trent Richardson. So, well, besides Trent Richardson, what if. The Browns are able to get an extra third round pick out of the San Francisco 49ers because the Niners think the Browns might trade down with the Chicago Bears. Or the Browns are going to trade down with the New York Jets so that those play teams can get their quarterback, right? I don't think the risk of moving down to 10 would probably be enough to kind of warrant that, but... What if the Browns can drum up business enough that San Francisco is worried about another team trading up for the number one overall pick, again, especially Chicago or New York, to the point that the Browns are able to move back to number two, add, let's say, a third round pick. May you know, so that's going to be a pick at the top of the third round. So all of a sudden they have two first rounds, two second rounds, two third rounders. Maybe they get an extra fifth or something else next year, whatever it is. Now, all of a sudden, a trade back doesn't even seem that bad. Or maybe the Bears really do want that quarterback. What's that risk for the Browns? If the Bears take a quarterback, do the Niners then kind of get antsy? And so maybe they move back two spots and get a, an extra second round pick. So all I'm saying is don't make the assumption that a trade down is out of the question, that a trade down is, is totally unrealistic, and that a trade down couldn't happen. It probably is not. But we always have to be prepared. And with Sashi Brown, who has been an, an electric trader, whether you love what he has done when it comes to player evaluation and drafting, he has been great at trading players and making decisions like that and getting value. Don't be surprised if you start to hear rumors that the Browns are really interested in a quarterback. Whatever quarterback they think San Francisco, Chicago, New York, Might want because that is the way for the Cleveland Browns to trade down without losing out on Miles Garrett or maybe Jonathan Allen or maybe Solomon Thomas. I just don't want my Browns fans to get their hopes up too much, just in case it's not Miles Garrett, guys. Thank you for stopping by this Locked on Browns podcast. Let me know what you think. Tell me how stupid I am to even be considering. The possibility of training down from number one. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. You can check out today's ESPN radio spot on wingam.com. They'll have the link up there and I'll also post it on Twitter as well. Again, thank you for stopping by. Have a great night. Have a great morning. And go browse.